There are more closer situations in flux and a pair of highly touted prospects set to debut. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have not had the three O-Brews yet. It works great in a fantasy. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball 15 for Friday, July 31st. Al Melkier here, and to wind up the month with me here, Derek Van Riper, the month and the week. So DVR will take a look at the week ahead, uh, believe it or not, uh, before the end of this episode. But let's get into the latest news, um, particularly as it relates to the spread of the the COVID-19 virus. Uh, There were Two members of the Phillies camp who tested positive, a coach and a member of the clubhouse staff. And so as a result, the uh, Phillies series against the Blue Jays has been postponed. So you're going to have four teams um, paused for the weekend at the very least. And also we have news in terms of double headers. Um, And I think there's a couple of reasons why MLB has decided to go this route. But beginning on Saturday, doubleheader games will be seven innings in regulation. So do you see that as impacting um, the way that we deal with pitchers? Would you expect uh, starters to go shorter? Maybe relievers getting less of the less of the the, uh, job, uh, less of the workload, I should say. Uh, How do you expect that to go? You know, I think relievers are throwing more than ever because starters are not, at least early on the season, getting as deep into games as they usually do. So in the event of doubleheaders, I think it's actually middle relievers who get squeezed. I think starters are going to start going a little bit longer as they get more stretched out. Using high leverage relievers to win those games will be the priority, you know, after the fourth or fifth inning. So I think it's your typical fifth, sixth, seventh inning, kind of your bridge relievers who are mostly going to get squeezed. But then again, it's a doubleheader. So uh, depending on the score, it might be a case where if it's a low leverage situation, those middle relievers are going to pitch later in the game than they normally would in order to preserve the high leverage guys for the back end of the doubleheader. So goofy scenario, but uh, everything's pretty goofy about how we're trying to get this season in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the, the for me, what I what I heard through all of that is I need to get over my Jalen Beeks fixation quickly. Yeah, I mean the multi inning <laughs> bulk guys, I, but again, it kind of depends on the ever unique situation because the doubleheader always throws that extra wrinkle in the schedule. Depending on the health of a pitching staff, you might have a guy like Beeks pick up the same number of innings he ordinarily would because of things that are totally out of his control. So. I think mostly it's your middle relievers, your short relievers who don't work high leverage situations who get squeezed with that change. All right. Well, uh, we'll move on to closers here because there's no shortage of closer news. And um, I think the big item here is Jose Leclerc going to the 45-day injured list with a grade two terrorist major strain. And I don't think there's necessarily a clear successor there. Uh, Jonathan Hernandez certainly would be one of the uh, candidates. Um, you had uh, Nick Goody getting the save uh, the other night, but I don't know if that necessarily means he figures into future saves. So how do you read that situation? I guess the interesting thing is that Leclerc was warming up and this shoulder injury kind of popped up on him. Then Goody was the option who took over that opportunity. I guess Goody was at least in consideration, but this is kind of one of those things where the relievers used earlier in the game might also be on the same footing as Goody. Had they not pitched earlier, they may have been brought in for the save situation instead of Nick Goody. 
Uh, so I think fortunately in weekly leagues, we have the benefit of seeing how things play out over the weekend. In first come, first serve leagues, I'd probably give the edge to Goody. Um, you know, there's a few other interesting names that you mentioned. Jonathan Hernandez, I would agree with you on that. Uh, Rafael Montero looked interesting coming to the season, but he's hurt, so he's off the list for the time being. And a few of the other guys, like you know, Brett Martin, Jesse Chavez, like they don't really seem like closers. They seem more like flex relievers, like that are more of the short reliever variety. So a few of the contenders are unavailable. Yoli Rodriguez also would have been one of those guys who at the beginning of the year I would have thought was a contender. He, just like Rafael Montero, is hurt. So I think my first priority right now is Goody Hernandez second, and we'll wait and see if a third option actually emerges from some of the names I mentioned. All right, and we've got at least three other closer situations that, as of right now, don't really look the way they looked maybe just a day or two ago. You had uh, James Karinchak getting the save against the Twins uh, on Thursday night and uh, did so very effectively and efficiently. Brad Hand had a really uh, you know sluggish end of 2019 and not a good start to 2020, so maybe there's a changing of the guard there with Cleveland. Uh, Trevor, Trevor Rosenthal got the save for the Royals against the Tigers when it appeared that Greg Holland might be the primary option there. Holland came in a few innings earlier and actually got the win in that game. And with the Mets, there wasn't a save situation, but um, not a good performance at all by Edwin Diaz. And so you have to wonder if maybe his days are numbered as the Mets closer. Yeah, Diaz bums me out. I have him in the Rotowire Online Championship. So just based on entry fee, that's my biggest league this year. I really need Edwin Diaz to keep the job, to pitch well, uh, and to get those valuable saves, he's certainly done a lot to put his hold on that role in jeopardy within the first week of the season. I think Karinchak's situation is pretty interesting in Cleveland. Brad Hand had pitched on back-to-back days entering Thursday's game, so for him to go three in a row early in the season might have been a stretch, but because the last time we saw him, he struggled, that does leave the door open, and it's one of those situations where Hand was struggling late in the year in 2019 as well. So his hold on the job in Cleveland is probably about as loose as it's been since he first got that opportunity a couple of years ago. And Karinchek is just flat out nasty. So I think the case for Karinchek is pretty simple. Like He's good enough potentially, even without getting save opportunities, to be rostered in deeper mixed leagues. So I think if you have a first-come, first-serve situation, you do want to go out and get him, see how it plays out over the next couple of days, and you know just use him anyway. You might pick up some wins working in a setup role if Hand is still the guy, and I think it's kind of clear at this point, if they are going to make a change, he's their first option to replace Brad Hand. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, he's really under-owned at this point, 16% ownership rate in Yahoo, only 6% in ESPN. Decent chance that he gets the bulk of the save opportunities. It's yeah, it's not set in stone by any means, but uh, you know, with reliable save uh, options being pretty scarce out there, if Brad hand doesn't, you know, really show something uh, pretty soon, I think that that, that could really be a situation that becomes Karen Jack's pretty, pretty quickly. And then as far as the Mets go, uh, you know, I mean, I guess that could be anybody's guess, but uh, I still think Seth Lugo is, is a good uh, option to, to pick up and stash if need be. Uh, Royal situation. I don't, I don't know how to read that at all at this point. Uh, Glaber Torres, a scary situation where he was uh, hit on the elbow uh, by John Means pitch, but uh, it is being di- diagnosed as just a contusion. X-rays were negative. So 
I have not seen it this way, but I'm assuming that Torres is day-to-day, so that's certainly better than it could have been. And we've got a couple of prospect debuts. We've already had a bunch of this season. Uh, it's really that that pace has really been accelerated in terms of top-notch prospects getting called up. we got a couple to add to the list. Chris, Chris Bubich is to make his uh, debut in the Royals rotation and Dalton Varsho getting recalled. And the reports that I've seen on that so far have been that Varsho is going to be mainly uh, a bench option at this point, but he can catch, he can play the outfield. So he may, even if he remains a bench player, could get in there several times a week. So let's start with Bubich. Uh, Is he somebody that you just uh, get right away or wait and see after this first start? I think I'd go after him and try to stream him actually against the White Sox. It's a big leap skipping over double A and triple A, but that White Sox lineup is as much damage as it's capable of doing has a good bit of swing and miss as we've seen this week with Aaron Savali and Zach Plesak both having great starts against that lineup. Bubich is really a guy that has better command and secondary pitches than, than fastball. Um, I think that's the problem. It's more of a low velocity fastball I think most of the Royals' prospects are, are sinker-heavy guys, so they're just kind of different in that regard. But he's a 6'3", 220-pound lefty with three pitches in command. Like That could actually work despite skipping over the upper levels of the minors. And for the leagues where I'm using him, it's not like a 10- or a 12-team mixed league, but get to 14, 15 teams, home starts against the White Sox right now uh, are enough to give him the green light. Uh, So I think he's definitely going to be on the radar this weekend, too, because it seems like the Royals are comfortable developing some of their young pitching at the big league level. It gives them a better chance to win than some of the alternatives they have. And it also continues the development and probably the optimal way for those guys for the long haul. Yeah, no, I I would definitely agree with that. And uh, the Diamondbacks, they've really had uh, trouble getting that offense to click. And so that may have been part of the reason why Varsho was called up. But also, uh, Tony Gonsolin is going to get the start for the Dodgers against the D-backs on Friday. So that looks like a pretty good streaming opportunity to me. I don't know how long Gonsolin will necessarily stay in the rotation. But at least for this one start, uh, would you think that uh, Gonsolin would be safe to use? I think so. I think Arizona, especially since they put the humidor in at Chase Field, has become a much less hitter-friendly environment. That lineup is... It's okay. It's kind of like a league average NL lineup with the changes they made this offseason. I don't see them being so explosive that you steer away from them with back-end starters that you like. And I think that's how I would describe Gonsolin if he had a spot to call his own. You know, Dalton Varsho, they say they're not going to play him a lot. They'll move him around. But I don't know. This is a guy that has power, has speed, has a pretty good eye at the plate. He only struck out 13.9% of the time at double A last year as a 22-year-old. He's probably an immediate offensive upgrade behind the plate. And that's not me dissing Carson Kelly. It's just the fact that you're going to get more from Varsho. And teams have been running all over Carson Kelly. We saw the Padres do it. Tommy Pham alone, I think, had four steals in that opening series. We saw two steal games from Nick Solak and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa in that series this week. So I wonder if there's a little more going on there where defensively the D-backs are a little unhappy. You know, Steven votes the backup there right now. He's a nice player, but he's really more of a backup and Varsho's the future. So uh, I would kind of speculate on him, at least in two catcher leagues. I don't know if he's a, a single catcher league guy in, in redraft right away, but you don't have to play a lot to be a good second catcher in most fantasy leagues. And Dalton Varsho could be a five category catcher, which is so rare. Yeah, no, it's very enticing. And yeah, I, I wondered too about the 
problems with the running game uh, and, and Varsha maybe being better equipped to deal with that. Although uh, from what the reports I was reading, uh, scouting reports that he doesn't rate tremendously well in terms of, of arm strength, but uh, might still be an upgrade. So we'll see there. And some injury updates. Clayton Kershaw is expected to return to the Dodgers either this Sunday or Monday. Uh, for the Reds, Wade Miley has been placed on the injured list with a strained groin, but Anthony Desclafani is expected to come off the injured list and take Miley's spot. The Tigers play, or the Tigers are going to place Cameron Mabin on the injured list with a strained quad. So uh, maybe time to pick up Victor Reyes in fifteen teamers. Yeah, I think he'd be someone I'd think about. I mean, he's got a little power, got a little speed, got an opportunity. Might hit higher in the order than he should. So I, I think in leagues of that size, that makes sense. And it's too bad. Like I was interested in Cameron Mabin to begin the season. I think even though the quad strain may only be a short-term injury. I don't know if you have to play without IL spots if you really want to hold on to him outside of like AL-only leagues at this point. Yeah, that is a dilemma I will have to deal with uh, this weekend. So let's <laughs> see how that goes. Uh, just a few standouts from Thursday's games. All hitters, by the way. Uh, it's been kind of pitcher-heavy this week, but uh, Tasker Hernandez with a two-homer game. Uh, he's now up to four homers on the season. Same for Christian Vasquez, who had two homers against the Mets. And Miguel Cabrera with a two-homer game, but he's batting just 154. So really sort of all or nothing for Miggy so far this season. Um, but all three conceivably uh, available in some leagues. Probably Vasquez a little harder to get, but um, which of the three is uh, impressing you the most at this point? You know, in a weird way, maybe Vasquez, because I feel like everybody was dismissing the possibility of him maintaining the gains he showed us as a hitter last year, and he's really just picked up right where he left off last season with Tasker Hernandez. I think he was a little bit of a stat cast darling, a guy that we in the fantasy community have had a small crush on for a little while. And, you know, Miggy is one of the best hitters of this generation. So I, I guess assuming that he was completely done was a little bit foolish. Uh, I'm still on the fence about how viable he is in shallow mixed leagues. I think one thing that works in his favor, of course, is where he hits in that lineup. But uh, Vasquez just kind of jumps off the page to me because for as good as he was last year, I don't recall hearing anyone or seeing anyone, you know, writing him up as someone they believed in going into 2020. Yeah. Yeah. True enough. Well, let's take a look ahead uh, to the second full week of the season coming up. Uh, a couple things to keep tabs on. Mike Trout was placed on the paternity list by the Angels. So obviously, as you're setting lineups over the weekend, uh, need to see what the latest is on that. Austin Meadows may be close to a return. So that also will require some updates. And uh, two-start pitchers. I mean, given that we've had schedules change this week, teams being paused, is this is this even a thing this season, looking at two-star pitchers? We could try. Uh, we, <laughs> we should try to do the things we normally do as, as reasonably and safely as possible. And uh, two-start pitchers are something you could do while socially distanced. You know, you can, <laughs> you can sit on your patio and look at the calendar and dream on the possibility of the schedule going to plan. You know, I think it's still fine to try and target those guys. I, you hopefully will get those starts to come through more often than not. Um, but again, you take it with the appropriate grain of salt. And I think maybe you just slightly raise the threshold of a two-start pitcher you'd use, knowing that there's a greater likelihood than usual that the second start won't happen as planned. So maybe if that first start is a little easier than the second start, you'd still roll with a, a lesser pitcher. If it's flipped, if the easier start is coming on Saturday or Sunday, maybe you err a little bit more on the side of caution. But I, I still think it's an exercise worth going through. 
Yeah, well, and uh, Zach Plezak, still not as not as owned as I would have thought uh, after that uh, start uh, the other night against the White Sox. So he's got the White Sox again, but first, the first start is uh, Cincinnati for Zach Plezak. So uh, I would certainly run out and get him. In fact, I've already put in a bid in one league for him, uh, even if you just get that one start at Cincinnati, uh, like what I saw there from him. And uh, we've got our featured read again from Eno Saris. Uh, baseball's predicted injury rashes here. Now what? So if it seems like pitchers have been getting injured more uh, frequently than we've seen in the past, just in this first week, it's not just your imagination. And so Eno breaks down why that's the case and uh, maybe what can be done about that. So that's going to be all for this episode and this week and this month of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, you can get 40% off of your subscription. Just go to theathletic.com slash baseball in 15 and everything that's in the site, including the podcasts and everything, uh, it's all included as a part of your subscription. If you are enjoying this podcast on a platform that lets you leave a rating and a review, we always do appreciate it when you take the time to do that. For Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we will return here on Monday. 